Hi everybody, Ty Brown here with episode 13, Have Your Anger or It Will Have You. I think the title is pretty self-explanatory on this one. We're going to talk about anger. Difficult conversations often uh, give rise to anger, and uh, we're going to just talk about it, figure it out, and make sure everybody knows that it has its place, and it is actually an important ingredient in the resolution process. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Happy to have you. Let's do this. Podcasting from conciliators, this is the Ty Brown Show. If you're a human and you think you might have to interact with other humans at some point and you like that to go well, then listen up. Oh, yeah. It's time to get cozy with conflict. Let's go. I have some stats for you. Looks as though our listener count is up to 1,211. New record for us. Um, in case you're curious, the um, the most popular episode uh, continues to get more listens than others is the Empathy, I Feel Your Pain episode. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how some weeks, you know, I'll release an episode and for whatever reason, uh, you know, it's a, it's a previous episode, sometimes from three or four weeks ago, that ends up getting the most, uh, the most traction um, instead of the, the new release. It's kind of interesting, but fun to watch. The, the moral of the story, though, is that the dispute resolution revolution marches on. It looks like people are, are taking this to heart, trying to improve their relationships by, uh, by improving their communication skills and having difficult conversations uh, instead of just walking away and ignoring them. So I'm really happy with, with the way things are going. Um, and I, I love I love running into people and hearing you say, hey, you know, I, I learned this skill and I used it and it really helped me. There, there's really nothing that makes me feel better than, than hearing that. And it gives me the motivation to continue uh, coming in here on Monday mornings and re- recording recording myself talk for a few minutes. So thank you for for trying to do these things. And I hope that they're helping. I also learned that my email address for the show, it just hasn't been working. I, I've received very few emails as of late. And I've learned that I'm having server problems and I tried to resolve them. But after spending a few hours doing that, just decided to chalk it up to a loss. So don't email stories at the com anymore. Just email them to me directly. And my personal email is probably the easiest for me, actually. So just email stories and questions to ty2brown at gmail.com. Uh, or, you know, send, send uh, the Ty Brown Show a Facebook message or uh, tag us in a post or whatever. So anyway, I, I hope there are lots of ways to reach us. Just don't use that email address. It seems to be a, a lost cause. Okay, so moving on to our Q&A for the day. Uh, got a great question submitted. The question is this, is it okay to get angry and force the issue from time to time? That's a really good question. Uh, have you been there? Have you been, have you been on that spot where you think, you know, if I get real nasty and, and start stomping around, maybe, maybe something, maybe I can get the desired result. I think that's a great question. And, um, and I will be the first to admit that I use anger uh, as a way of communicating. I, I communicate anger when, when I, when I feel it. 
Um, so, you know, don't hold your breath here. That's to me, that's like the, the big secret is when you feel anger, um, the other person should know it. And there is a temptation to, there's this temptation to ignore anger and hostility. So especially when you're on the other end, when somebody is angry or hostile and you feel like it's towards you, there's a real temptation to ignore that. Um, but, and if I'm honest, it's really hard. <laughs> it's probably the hardest emotion to acknowledge and to, um, you know, I guess to empathize with. I, I really do believe that it's, it's the hardest. Um, but if somebody is angry with, with you in a conversation, or maybe it's not necessarily with you, but they are clearly angry about something, it's really good to acknowledge that and let them, let them have their anger, right? And similarly, if you're feeling angry, um, don't, don't stifle it because if, you're, if you don't allow yourself to have anger, it will have you. It will grow into the monster of contempt. So, all right, so that's kind of the, the summary, but now I wanted to dive into the story of where this question came from. So this listener had, uh, had purchased a really top-of-the-line expensive dishwasher you know, over a thousand dollars, really good. Uh, the dishes came out, and uh, my goodness, they were just like so clean you could eat off them, <laughs> right? Well, uh, let's hope so. And um, this dishwasher was was excellent for uh, a number, a couple of years, and then right after it, right after it, um, the warranty expired the dishwasher broke. It broke down and it was going to be, you know, $7 million to fix. So there was like, well, you know, we can't, we can't afford to just fix this or replace it with a comparable one. Uh, it just seems like a lot of money to spend again. So uh, let's just, you know, we'll just get kind of a run of the mill dishwasher. And so they, they buy kind of that mid-level dishwasher, I don't know, 500 bucks or so. And, and um, it just, you know, compared to what they had before, it just wasn't great. But then it started getting worse and worse. And it got to the point where it's just like, there's something wrong with this dishwasher. I mean, it's just, it's just not doing its job. And it's frustrating because, you know, we're putting the dishes in the dishwasher and then we've got to wash them all by hand anyway. And, and it was, you know, it's creating a lot of work instead of saving work. And it was starting to be kind of a drag and uh, kind of a sore spot. It, the dishwasher would come up. Oh, crap, you know, the dishwasher, this. And, uh, and so anyway, that's frustrating, right? Because, you know, there's there's no one to blame. You can't, you know, you can't unite forces and, and hate somebody. It's just like, oh, this is really inconvenient. And it started putting somewhat, I mean, not, not serious strain, but a little bit of strain just on the, the family relationships. Like, oh, my gosh, we've, we've got to do something about this. And so finally... Um, so finally, the, the wife asks the husband, she says, hey, honey, you just got to take care of this. You know, I, I just, I cannot continue with this like double washing of the dishes every day. And so he says, okay, I'll, uh, I'll take care of it. So he calls, I don't know, maybe it was GE. I, I don't remember for sure who, but he calls the company, the dishwasher company, and he says, hey, look, this dishwasher is not working. And they say, oh, good. Yeah, no, that's fine. We can send somebody out and uh, they'll create this initial report. That'll cost you $65 for the service fee. And then they'll, then they'll bring out the repair team. The repair team, you know, they'll have to come in, they'll do an assessment, then they'll come back the next week and they'll do the repair. And then you know, and it's going to require, you know, all of your days, all of your time and uh, all of your energy for this little problem. And that just seemed unacceptable and um, unreasonable. Right. And so 
the listener, you know, who's been following the podcast, you know, starts having, you know, a really, you know, skillful approach uh, in this conversation, starts having this conversation, emphasizing things like, hey, look, um, you know, I understand where you where you're coming from. I've been in 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 retail sales before and it, it's you know, I don't want to have to get angry with you, but but ultimately that's not acceptable. I think, and uh, we can we can probably do better than this, right? And and she goes, oh yeah, I don't want to be angry either. Um, but then proceeded to get nowhere in this conversation. So eventually, the listener is like, okay, enough's enough. Um, we're we're gonna just we're just gonna steamroll this customer service rep. And so so he did. You know, he just came in there, uh, eventually got escalated to a supervisor after getting real huffy. Uh, the supervisor says, oh, yeah, we can actually, you know, because of this, this and this, we can get you your old dishwasher, a brand new model or sorry, a brand new dishwasher, same model as your old one, the thousand plus dollar one. And it'll only cost you, you know, like $200 or something, including installation. And uh, he was like, my goodness, that's like a great result. Yeah, okay, that's, let's, let's do that. But then it kind of led to this question of like, hey, did I, did I fail on this? You know, I had, to get, I had to get so angry before any results came. Is that, you know, is, that, is that wrong? Or is there a place for that? And that was, a, anyway, that's where this question came from. So a couple of things. There's, there's a framework that, um, that is used frequently when deciding whether or not it's appropriate to force an issue. And I have, I have some issues with this framework, but it is a helpful tool for deciding in your mind, you know, whether something is, is really worth pursuing. Um, so picture yourself, or sorry, picture in your mind um, a graph with an x-axis and a y-axis. And um, on the x-axis, there at the bottom, you've got um, the importance of the issue. So, you know, at zero, it's, it's a, this is not an important issue at all. And then it just goes out, say, you know, count it off to 10. At 10, it is the most important issue that you can possibly imagine. And, um, and then on the y-axis going up and down, you've got the value of the relationship, the importance of that relationship. So if it's a really unimportant relationship, you're down there at zero. If it's very, very important, like your most sacred, you know, holy relationship, <laughs> that's going to be like a 10, right? Okay, so this framework suggests that if you have an issue of high importance and a relationship of low importance, so you're, you're there in the bottom right-hand corner of this graph, if you're there, it makes sense to use force. And that, that would be, you know, you are, you are using anger, you're using uh, whatever force you can muster to try and get your way, even if it comes at the expense of the relationship. So, you know, a customer service call, I mean, the reality is the utility of this relationship is pretty limited. Uh, the only reason you're talking to them is so that you can get what you want. And, um, and so, you know, a lot of people would argue, yeah, that's a that's a good time to use force because it doesn't matter if you damage the relationship. You can just ask for a different service rep. So that's that's one way of thinking of it. Um, by the way, just by way of notation, if you have a really important relationship and a really important issue, that framework suggests that you collaborate, which I think makes sense. If you have kind of a medium importance issue, medium importance relationship, it suggests compromise. 
If you have a low importance issue with a low importance relationship, they just say just avoid it. Don't even you know don't even engage. And if you have a really important relationship with a low importance issue, uh, generally the the consensus is to withdraw, which is you know just just give it up. You know. <laughs> Just let the other person have their way um, because it doesn't matter enough to you to really justify risk, any risk to the relationship. Now, I do have some issues with this framework, and that is uh, kind of this, this underlying assumption that there are situations where it's, uh, where it's just fine to, to not consider the humanity of the other person. Um, I don't, I don't, think that the framework, I don't think the creators of this framework would, would, would agree with that, um, but I, I've heard people use it to justify treating people uh, very poorly and when with contempt. And so I, I don't think it means that, but it is a helpful framework for you to decide uh, what kind of uh, what kind of strategy you're, you're going to use in your conversation. So, Okay. Couple, uh, well, another, another important thing to realize is sometimes your conversation is taking in, is taking place within a, a process, within a designed system that actually asks for opposing parties to engage adversarially, meaning you're not, you're not even really supposed to collaborate. Uh, really, our legal system is set up this way, and it makes it a costly, inefficient system, but that is the way it's set up. You have two sides on the opposite side of a V who are arguing exactly opposite things. Uh, and they're trying to, um, they're trying to, uh, what, what is the word used in the model rules of professional conduct? Uh, zealously advocate. Uh, when you advocate with zeal, you're not overly concerned about how the other side is taking it, right? Your your role in that system is to zealously advocate your position. It's um, it's it's not it's it's not collaboration. It's just not. And for that for our legal system to work, everyone has to play their role. So when I'm when I'm representing a client, I zealously advocate their position, and I don't do a lot to acknowledge the feelings and acknowledge the good points of, of the defense. I zealously advocate my client's position, and um, and because their attorney is zealously advocating their position, it it gives a finder of fact or a judge the opportunity to make a decision. Uh, that takes into account both of these things. And so if both parties weren't playing their role right, the system doesn't work right. So you could all you could argue that the customer service scenario that this listener presented, uh, it, it's kind of an adversarial process, right? It's supposed to be, you know, the customer service rep's job is, hey, we don't want to have to pay out a lot of money on this, but we do want to keep these customers happy. So, you know, figure that out. And um, the customer is just really, you know, they're just like, hey, I just want my money back or I just want, you know, X, Y, Z. And so, yeah, that it kind of puts you in an adversarial role where I think there's kind of less of an expectation of, um, of like forming a relationship, right, with this person. So anyway, given those factors, I don't have a problem with someone forcing the issue, um, but I do have some advice about how to get what you want in that situation without without defaulting into a position of contempt. So the answer, um, so I, you know, I, I have this 
title of this episode, have, you know, have your anger or it will have you. Um, if you go into a situation like this where you're really mad, you feel like you've been done dirty here, you know, it just, it just was not, this was not what you signed up for. Expectations were not met. Um, yeah, you're mad. And if you pretend that you're not mad, you lose your authenticity. And if they don't know that you're mad, then you've not only lost your authenticity, but you've lost your, your clarity. You've lost your, the whole goal of communication is to learn, right? I mean, that you're trying to understand. And if, if you can't communicate that, then, then you've, you've done yourself a disservice. So the answer to anger, when you feel it, it's being assertive. Assertiveness is the key. It, and assertiveness is a critical part of any communication, even if you're not feeling angry. Um, if you can't communicate assertively, um, you're not a good communicator. And, and really, it's kind of hard to be assertive in every situation. Um, but it's not assertiveness on its own. You know, you have to you have to incorporate other things to to be a good communicator. But assertiveness is one of you know what I would call the three big pillars of good communication. Okay, so yeah, don't don't forget this. I mean, just remember, if you listen to this episode and you don't remember anything else, just come away thinking, you know what? It is okay, and in fact, it is critical that I communicate assertively. All right, so so at least you've got that, if, if nothing else. Um, keep in mind, I mean, it can be hard to be assertive in conversations, particularly when we value relationships, because we start worrying about what the other person is thinking. And we start worrying about how they're going to feel and how they're going to react and, and all of these things. It makes it really hard to be assertive. Um, yeah, and, and people call the, like these communication skills soft skills, right? Uh, again, it just does not fit. It is, so, it is so hard to get to the heart of what matters most. So, um, yeah, learn these really hard skills and learn how to be assertive. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, here I am. Here I am. I'm getting all I'm getting all huffy over here. Whew. Okay. Um, here here's kind of like a you know I thought about moving on, but I'm not. I'm not moving on. I'm digging digging into this a little more. There there's like this flaw. There's this flaw that people have, and I see it all the time. This this might be one of the most common communication flaws I see in the dispute resolution context. Um, you know I'm dealing with people at their at their place of work and they've got these issues and they want to talk to me about it, but very often they don't want to actually resolve them with the other person. And it kind of drives me crazy. Uh, we fail to be assertive. We fail to communicate our interests and our feelings. The real reason is because we're chicken, because we're scared. Um, but but we, we tell ourselves a different story. We tell ourselves that the reason we don't want to communicate and be assertive is because you know, we'll say things like, oh, I just, I just, I don't have the time. Who has the time for this to work all this stuff out? Uh, and I don't, I don't have the energy for this. This is exhausting, right? Those are the things I hear more than anything else. And it seems to me when someone says that, it seems to me that they're imagining, like they're imagining basically that there are only two choices here. It seems like they're imagining like, hey, look, I can either spend time and energy resolving this issue by actually talking about it. Or option two is I can just ignore it and uh, the issue magically resolves itself, doesn't cost me any more time, energy, or displeasure, right? Like it's almost as if there's this second option of like, hey, I just ignore it and it goes away. Well, let me tell you folks, that is a lie to yourself. And it should be obvious that that's a lie. 
Newsflash, you are already spending time and energy dwelling on it. If you're thinking that, you, I mean, you've, you've already lost. And in fact, the time and energy you're spending dwelling on an issue that you're not talking about directly with the other person, well, that time and energy is making it worse because now you're over there, you're triangulating with coworkers, trying to justify your feeling. And uh, let me tell you, when you're out there forming alliances, <laughs> you're spreading this social contagion to everyone you know, uh, or or you're imagining like, oh, you know, I this is like I could I could say this, and that would be like a knockout punch, right? And you're you're actually reinforcing your one-sided, you know, your one-sided story that doesn't take into account all the facts. It doesn't take into account understanding uh, or the reality that you probably are missing something important. And if you'd open yourself up to the other person's story, you could probably figure out what that is. You could understand each other. You could figure it out, make a decision, go forward. So yeah, ignoring an issue does not mean, hey, I spend no more time dealing with this. No, it means you're going to spend probably twice as much time dealing with it. And the time you spend doing that is going to make it all worse. So I'm sick of that. Uh, I, and I do it myself. And that's, that's probably what makes it more frustrating than anything. When there's something really eating at me, uh, I find myself thinking about it a lot. I find myself uh, wrestling with how to handle this. And instead of just approaching the person and trying to talk directly about it, be assertive about you know, my, my take on things and be open to their story, uh, I, it's not a real complicated formula. But why is it so dang hard to do? I don't know. Um, so anyway, I'm sure you can relate to this. Um, don't fall into that flaw of thinking that, you know, either I'm going to spend all this time talking about it or I can just, you know, move on and I won't ever have to deal with this again. That's a lot. You will have to deal with it at some point. So deal with it now. Okay. Whew. All right. Um, interestingly enough, this question was, was really well-timed, this question about, you know, when is it okay to, to force the issue and be angry? Because uh, I had to, I, I had like a similar customer service uh, experience this week. I, so, uh, so conciliators, um, which is, uh, you know, the, the business that I run, it, we use a service called DocuSign to sign contracts with clients. And DocuSign has this cool feature called DocuSign Payments. So it integrates payment for the services with the signing of the contract. As soon as someone clicks finish, it takes them to um, you know, just very seamlessly. It's like, here, enter your card information or your bank account information. Uh, we'll store it for future for future payments. And it's super sweet, right? At least that's that was the idea. And that's what the salesperson told me it would do. And I said, okay, well... Our salespeople are going to be in person signing these electronic agreements in person on a tablet, and we just need to be able to collect payment information and um, get the authorization to bill on a recurring basis. And the salesman's like, yeah, that's exactly what this thing does. You're going to love this feature. It's amazing. So we paid you know, a whole bunch of money to integrate this feature with our regular DocuSign you know, subscription, and, and uh, yeah, we're off to the races. Well, turns out that um, the feature has been working well when we email uh, one of these DocuSigns out, you know, that the other person gets it, they sign, they enter their payment info, it comes back to us, it's been processing payments without, without issue. But if you're doing an in-person 
signing ceremony is what they call it, the feature doesn't work the same. It gives you an error. And this has been plaguing us for, for weeks now. And, and uh, finally, I was like, you know what? <laughs> I've just got to get DocuSign on the phone and figure out what this error message is really all about. And uh, we had tried everything on our end. We had reset our payment processor information. We, we'd done everything we could think of, and it was still giving us an error. So I call him up. I'm dealing with this guy. Um, he honestly, my impression was he doesn't really know this feature very well. He's just kind of a general service guy, and he just wasn't real familiar with the DocuSign payments feature. And so he, he had a hard time understanding what I was, the, the problem we were describing. And so I'm on the phone with him for like probably 30 minutes with no progress whatsoever. And so finally I said, you know, I, th I think I just need to talk to your supervisor. And, um, and he says, oh, yes, okay, you can talk to my supervisor. Um, but let me, and then he would launch into, you know, continuing to just converse. And so I said, you know, I, I do need to talk to your supervisor. This goes on like three or four times. And he always tells me, yes, you can, but then he doesn't actually do it. And, um, and so finally I asked him, I said, why won't you let me talk to your supervisor? And he says, well, they're going to just tell you the same thing I told you. And, um, what he had been telling me was, Hey, look, this is, uh, this is just a feature limitation. You can't use that feature when you're in person doing these signing ceremonies, you have to email it. And that, that answer wasn't really good enough for me because I didn't understand why there would be such a limitation. And so finally, I ended up I ended up just forcing the issue, right? Because I knew that in order for him to escalate this, he clearly needs some threshold of uh, some threshold of anger before he's allowed to escalate. So I gave that to him and met his quota, and and he put me through to a supervisor. I got the supervisor, and um, and by then I was legitimately I was really mad because. We had been promised a feature that didn't that didn't work. We had already paid a lot of money for it, and it wasn't working. And um, so I, you know, I was getting mad. And, um, and and if I'm honest, I think I was, I think I was starting to see this person with contempt. I was thinking like, you don't how are how on earth are you a supervisor? You don't even know your product. You don't know your company. Um, and, and I was starting to see her as like a pretty worthless person like I, honestly it was I, I was getting there and then I realized that I was feeling this element of contempt just you know I was I was feeling that and I realized it and as soon as I realized it I I backed off and um, and I just I, I thought you know what I need to be assertive about how I feel but in order for her to really hear me, I'm probably going to need to empathize just a little bit. So I told her, I said, look, I understand that we're dealing with a feature limitation and that it's not your fault. And I, you know, and I just told her, look, I, I know I probably made you feel like, like I think it is your fault. And, uh, you know, that blame just, it just plain, it's not fair. Uh, but what I'm really wrestling with is, uh, you know, there's this, this kind of a combination, I guess, of being misled by someone else, your salesperson, right? And two, I'm also very disappointed that this feature is not available. You know, we, we really want it. And I, and I'm disappointed that is, you know, this news, hearing this news that is not available is very disappointing to me. And, um, and then I just told her, I said, yeah, your salesperson bamboozled me. And that, that makes me feel like a, a real doofus. And, um, and at, at hearing this, she, her immediate response was, well, I'm happy to process a full refund of everything um, if you want me to. 
And then I realized, you know what, I'm not actually even looking for a refund. Uh, and so I told her that. I said, you know, we, we are using the features, the, the email features a lot, and I don't know that we need a refund necessarily. But she says, well, what do you want? And I said, well, I'd, I'd like this feature to be incorporated. And she says, well, there is a process for that. And we walked through how that goes. And we were understanding each other, and it went a whole lot better. Um, but the, the reality is the anger was was helpful in the conversation because it was it was authentic to what I was feeling. And she got that. And it didn't ultimately, you know, it, ultimately I was able to, to snap out of the contempt, which was kind of one of the dangerous fruits of anger that's left unchecked. Um, I, I was able to recognize that I was seeing this person in a light that was that was unfair to her. And um, and so I made that explicit and we were off to the races towards resolution. So that was one of my little stories from this week. Um, and that kind of, I guess the main point of that story is a real, I mean, this is critically important. You have to be so careful to know that anger is different than contempt. So question, how is anger different than contempt? Well, anger is all about how you feel. It's all about you. Anger is about you. Um, it is an emotion that you are feeling, right? Contempt is all about the way that you view someone else way you view someone else. Re remember the definition of contempt, beneath consideration, deserving of scorn, worthless, those things. Um, if you start seeing someone that way because of your anger, eh, you've, you, you, you've missed it. Your, your anger is no longer productive. Uh, your, your anger is now destructive. So uh, that is the caution. Don't allow anger to become contempt. Uh, and, and, and I'll tell you, if you ignore your anger for too long, it will escalate into contempt. So the way I kind of guard myself on this is I always, I always ask myself, you know, what is the purpose for this conversation? And I have to remind myself, expressing, expressing my own feelings about something to my own satisfaction, that is an acceptable, even a noble purpose of having a difficult conversation. It is not an acceptable purpose to go in with the intention of, I'm going to humiliate this person. I'm going to put them down. That is, that is my objective. That's my purpose. Uh, to me, that's, that's not an acceptable goal. But if your goal is to express your own feelings to your own content, that is acceptable. So um, that's kind of my own little check that I use. Um, and if you do lose control when the tension rises, um, really one, one good way of doing that is acknowledging it, uh, pointing out that it, you know, pointing out the tension and it just sort of owning your own role in that. Don't ignore hostility. Like I said, that always makes it escalate. Uh, and the little secret of all of this is when you work through conflict with someone, particularly if there's some tension involved, uh, if you can successfully navigate through that, it, it often brings you closer. And that's, that's the payoff of having difficult conversations is it can bring you closer. If you've got a child or a parent or a close friend and your relationship is really bad and there's a lot of tension there, well, it's time to talk about it, guys. It's time to talk about it. Empathize, own your own role, point out the hostility that you see, point out the tension that you see, and own your role in it, all right? It, it, that's the only way you're gonna make that relationship better, I'll tell you that. Okay, um, so last story. I wasn't planning on sharing this story, but I'm, I'm gonna share this story. Um, so I have this profound little peacemaker in my family named Griffin. Griffin is, man, he is like the heart of gold brother. Just, oh my gosh, this kid is so sweet, so good. 
Um, and Griffin is a very naturally gifted peacemaker. And um, he's he's five now. But this story is when he was four years old. Uh, he and my wife Emily went to go pick up Dakota, his big sister, from school. She was in kindergarten. And they picked her up. And they were walking home back to the house. And there were some there were some some snotty boys, you know, standing a little ways off who started yelling and heckling and, and being saying just generally rude things to Coda. And little Griffin, who's, you know, not even in kindergarten yet, he immediately like, there was just this immediate he shot right back at them and he says, Hey, you better not talk like that, or else I will be so mad. And, um, and and keep in mind, this is like another little cute thing about Griffin is he has a pretty profound stutter, and um, it's not always profound, um, but it, it it can be. And so for him to just so confidently uh, stick up to these older boys and say, "Hey, you better not talk like that, or else I will be so mad." You know, I, I just I loved hearing this. So my wife told me about this. Uh, I love that he wasn't afraid, even though he has the stutter and even though he was younger, like to him, just complete fearlessness. And he's always been that way. He's never been afraid. Uh, he's never been afraid of, of people who cross a line. Um, that that is assertive, right? That is an assertive response. Like even my wife probably wasn't feeling that assertive. And she's like the adult there, right? And I think most adults would be like, oh, just ignore them. Um, but he was like, uh-uh, not happening on my watch. So when I hear about this from Emily, I'm like, hey, I want to go talk to him. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell him like, wow, I'm really proud of you for sticking up uh, for your sister. And, um, and I said something to the effect of like, hey, these guys are bullies and you, you really put them in their place, didn't you, buddy? Just kind of building him up. And I remember him saying to me, he says, I think, and this is like classic Griffin. I, I just wish everyone here knew Griffin because this is so classic Griffin. But he, he said to me, I think they just needed to be reminded that that was inappropriate. <laughs> and I just thought, oh my gosh, where did this kid come from? He is so awesome. So even when I kind of invited him to see these guys with contempt, which, which I was doing without even realizing it, I, I said, you know, these guys are really bullies and you put them in their place, right? You know, he, he didn't, he didn't, he refused to. And he just said, you know what? They needed, they needed to be reminded that that was inappropriate. And that was all it was to him. And so I love how assertive he was without viewing these people with contempt. Uh, wow. What if we could all be like that, right? Man, uh, Griffin, I, I tell you what, he he is so good at this stuff. In fact, I remember there was this there was this girl uh, who was a little bit, well, a lot of bit rambunctious in in his class, and she was just a real handful, and um, and she was she was sweet, and I and I, I really like this girl, but she was just like she was a handful, and caused a lot of mischief, a lot of trouble, a uh, lot of disruption, and I remember. Emily asking Griffin what he thought about this girl and his response was so sweet. He said, he said, I'm still getting used to her, <laughs> which was, you know, he hadn't decided that this person was bad or that she was, you know, deserving of score. And he just, he was, he was still processing it. And his response was, I'm still getting used to her. I probably shared that before. I just thought that was so cute. But anyway, we could all take a lot of notes from Griffin. So 
Um, that's all for today. Remember to be assertive. Have your anger. That's okay. Uh, but beware contempt. Thanks again.